0: We got to give Fitty a shine, though. He dressed appropriately today in his polo. He's looking very nice. He's all business on top and all grind on the bottom. Time now for the live wire. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their this. I know you feel this. Hmm.
1: Down,
0: down. Cater Medley was
1: Maryland. Yeah, okay. he was a Maryland. So I don't uh, remember product. him in a red jersey. So yeah. anyone that plays for Gary Williams, you should hate him because. Bleep Gary Williams. Um, All right. So we were talking earlier in the show about how the offensive line needs to step up. We saw a lot of rotation at the right guard position on Saturday. Well, earlier today, Panthers head coach Frank Reich, he met with the media and he said, you won't see much rotation in week two's preseason game against the Giants. There'll be a little rotation, not quite as much, you know, still working with Campy on that. You know, wanted to see these young guys, uh, Zabala and and Nash, you know, kind of get them through this week and make sure they didn't have any setbacks. So, uh, I'll sit down with Campy, you know, at some point today and kind of finalize what that'll be. So, what do y'all think the rotation should look like if y'all were Campy and y'all were helping, you know, devise who's going to get the reps on Friday?
2: I mean, what do you do? I mean, the backups looked horrible, whether you talk about Michael Jordan or... You talk about Cam Irving. I mean, I I, I don't know what type of rotation you could create to better what we saw. You're going to have to keep it the same and just get a second picture of these guys before you really start to figure out who can do what. Now, of course, Chandler Zavala is going to enter the chat, so to speak, uh, with these guys this week, and I don't know where you want to uh, bring him at. Certainly, you won't put him in with the starters because he hasn't done enough yet in practice, so he's going to be running with the two, so I guess if there's any type of rotation, it would be Chandler Zavala getting in with the twos and getting some of his first
0: action. As soon as he's available, he deserves as much as a spot as anybody, (laughs) right? Like, go ahead and put him out there compared to some of the other people you've put at right guard, whether it be a Michael Jordan. I think we can all agree Chandler Zavala, by having not done anything, deserves a spot or a shot more than what Michael Jordan deserves at right guard. I do need to ask this question, though, Fitty. Like, I wanted to look the other way, but just to let you feel a little more comfortable i did put a rejoin of a lot of my mishaps on the air where i mispronounced rough Ned" or door instead yes of course it's rude ned who was the offensive line coach for the carolina panthers
1: i called him campy okay i called him by the nickname what'd you think i called him No, it's that i thought you th- i thought
0: you thought his name was actually james campy no. and you kept saying it oh. i just <laughs> thought that was it that's all I thought. I wanted to move on. You can clown me if you want to. I play for Duke if that helps. All right, go ahead. What's the next thing you got?
1: I was going to actually keep it on James Camp, and let's go back <laughs> to last night's Hard Knocks episode. What did y'all make of the way Aaron Rodgers greeted his former offensive line coach? Because uh, Those were a couple of bros. <laughs> hmm. it, was,
0: it was a lot. He comes over there like th- those guys – I, I guess they have to be really close because Aaron Rodgers sneaks up on your boy Campy, who I'm not going to refer to him anything else other than Campy now. Yeah. So he sneaks up on Campy, and then Aaron Rodgers
1: is cursing him out. They're going back and forth. He's calling James Camp fat. <laughs> that's, like, that's like you whenever I walk in the room every uh, morning playing th- the show.
0: Don't tell that. The people are going to think I'm horrible to you. That's not true. <laughs> I'd never, ever do that. What did you make? Of, uh, uh, should I even ask Wes? Should I even ask what he thought about that interaction? Go ahead, Wes. Here's another play. Here's another opportunity to clown Aaron Rodgers.
2: I mean, it was a cute little exchange. I mean, I don't really have much to say about it one way or the other. <laughs> they were friendly towards one another, and that's that. Yeah, all
0: right. Fair enough. I would have a-
2: said, why don't you get your family back in order? Mm.
0: Okay. That was dark. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he went there. Family problems. Let's move on.
2: You like my dry humor the way I just, you know. Lead you in, you don't know where you're going, and then boom.
0: i describe it as dark humor more than dry humor. <laughs> yeah. What you got, for
1: Um. All right. So, you know, coming out of the preseason uh, loss, we were all maybe worried about the mental state of uh, Chris McClain, Mac, our morning show host. Then we saw that the fan base had gotten a little out of control. It's not just the fan base. Even members of the NFL media, including Michael Lombardi, expressed on the latest edition of his podcast, the GM Shuffle podcast. He's not sure after Saturday showing how Frank Wright got another head coaching job in the NFL.
0: Was Frank Wright watching the game? Like I'm just telling you, if Al Davis was the owner of the Carolina Panthers, Frank Wright might've got fired today for insubordination. To leave that kid out there and let him get the kicked out of him the way he did, to me was, I don't know what he was watching. Like what game was he watching? Why would you continue to let this kid take a beating? You couldn't protect. You got problems at some point. Yeah, we want a guy who's tough, but at another point, like, it's not fair. Me, I have no idea what Frank Wright was doing. Like, I, I it forced me to ask the question, how did he get another job? Like, what are we doing here? If I'm David Tepper, I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. I hired this guy because he's an offensive guru. You know, that's what I wanted. I wanted somebody to coach the quarterback. I don't want a defensive coach. If this doesn't improve, then it's something going on in practice. What do you think of that comment? That is, you want to talk about overreacting? To me, that seems like a strong overreaction, but you kind of like what you hear. It no, seems No,
2: like, no, I'm not going to say that. I, I said just, seems. I said seems. <laughs> I, I just thought it was interesting to hear somebody. Gasp. I thought it was interesting to hear someone be so candid. This is the part where we talked about a lot of the positivity, and I've been on record as saying I think this is the best off-season Carolina has had. At least in quite some time. But the, this is something that's kind of been bubbling under the surface that the fact that Coach Reich did get fired. Uh, he was a fired football coach, which means he failed in his previous spot. And so, uh, you know, he kind of said some things that some people may be thinking underneath the surface. I don't agree with him particularly, but uh, that was just interesting to me, his observations of what he did with the offensive line, because I said that was not a good way to start your tenure here with a 27 to nothing loss, but to come out and say afterwards that you were not trying to put guys in the best position to win, that is like coaching one-on-one. You don't ever come out and say, I wasn't trying to put my guys in the best position to win, because every coach that's ever coached any sport in anything always says I want to put my players in the best position to win it wasn't a smart comment no it was not I'm not
0: going to argue that it was also one of the more of those things that I coaches when they go up to the podium a lot and then you listen to every single thing they say they're not going to get everything right and I understand well, the point he was putting out be- there Oh. every answer they got, we got to every, every question. Yeah, that was kind of what it was with Frank Reich going out there and saying that he wasn't trying to put the guys in the correct position. Really, what he was saying was that they were very generic, that they were very vanilla, so bad wor- bad messaging, but I understood his point. As far as what you have re- with you know the take there about how Frank Reich was fired for a reason, right, this is why like he should be fired again, whatever he said about it. Look, that avoids context, okay? We're talking about a Colts organization that had a different quarterback every single year. And they will be doing that again with Anthony Richardson and Frank Reich winning coach in the NFL has a winning record during his time coaching the Indianapolis Colts and beyond. So I think that's important context. The other thing here is it's not like they, they ran Bryce young a lot. They didn't have him escape the pocket. I think there was a real concerted effort. And I think that has to do with coaching is that, hey, stay in the pocket, don't improvise. Let's get this ball out of your hands very quickly and see what we can do and start a drive. I mentioned it a million times. The throw to Chuba Hubbard on the right side, the throw to LaVisca Chenault on a comeback route, getting the ball out of your hands quickly with the only throw you really had downfield to LaVisca or to DJ Chark. And then what was the longest reception you had? It was by Adam Thielen, where you were quickly to the left side and he got that ball out quickly going through a couple progressions. I think you got to play him. I mean, what do you want to do? So. You throw him out there for a third series. Okay, maybe you want to have this law, this line drawn in the sand, only two series, so are we really going to get that upset that you throw him out there for a third series? To me, we know that Bryce Young is going to play. I think that was a real overreaction as far as what he had to say about Ray. Go ahead, Fiddy. What else you got? Are you watching the Mets over there? Yeah, we just threw a guy out uh, at right.
1: Um, All right, so I'm going to bring back, <laughs> or I'm going to bring a piece of sound up that we didn't get to earlier in the show. And you told me in the pre-show, Walker, that you might go foul line after Mike Greenberg, who now has like 17 different platforms, and I don't know why. Well, he expressed why he doesn't think it's, it's smart to start rookie quarterbacks in the NFL.
0: I think it is a colossal mistake for these teams to be starting these rookies this quickly. I'm not saying that you should never start a rookie, but I feel what we have gone to here. We've gotten to a place now where the default is we're going to draft a rookie quarterback and we're going to start him unless he can't. I believe the default should be we're going to draft a quarterback and we're not going to play him unless it's so obvious to everyone that he's ready.
1: A colossal mistake. You want to go foul line? Yeah, call me for a foul. They'll look at this to see
0: whether this is a flagrant. Yeah, that was scary. I don't, even, I don't even know if I want to see that again. you got
2: to think that's going
0: to be a flagrant. The question is, is it a one or a two? <laughs> Mike Greenberg, more like Mike Iceberg, because that take was so cold. Listen, colossal mistake to start your first overall QB or any first round rookie QB taken in the NFL draft. Listen, man, if your offensive line is poor and you think that he's going to be on his back so much that you can't get a fair evaluation, that's fine. Go ahead and start your veteran QB like an Andy Dalton, like a Case Keenum in the Jared Goff instance, like, I guess, Gardner Minshew or Sam Ellinger or Davis Mills. These are the other veteran QBs, man. How are these guys going to get any better? They got to play. So what you're doing is you're procrastinating some of the issues that these rookie QBs are going to go through if you decide to put them on the sideline until they're 100% ready to go by their second, third, or fourth year, however long they're over there on the sideline. And you can go to Pat Mahomes if you want to and say, look at how it worked for him. Jordan Love is playing better. You can say, hey, Jordan Love is playing well right now. Look at how long he sat on the sideline. Man, look at the QBs they got to learn from. Alex Smith, who was a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL, not a Hall of Famer, but good enough. You also have Aaron Rodgers. I know Wes hates him, but you can learn a lot <laughs> of things from Aaron Rodgers, and you do seem to have some sort of mentorship between Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson right now. Man, you want Anthony Richardson to go to the sidelines so he can learn at Check's Notes. Oh, he wants to learn from Sam Ellinger? Gardner Minshew? Look, I know our boy Drew wants Gardner Minshew to start in the NFL right now, <laughs> but please spare me comparing them to alex smith or aaron Rodgers, you want cj stroud to go to the sideline so he can learn from davis mills bryce young might make a little sense if he wasn't already processing at a higher level than any other qb we've seen in the last 10 years coming out of the nfl draft you have a good situation maybe the offensive line is poor but how are we going to get any better at the quarterback spot if you don't let these guys play are you just going to wait until you invest in the offensive line so much and everything is perfect around and then throw the rookie QB in there? Let him play. Let him understand what it is to be a starting quarterback in the league and learn from there. All right, that'll do it. I'm, I'm off the foul line. Was that good enough for you? At least I tried to open up with an iceberg. Well, there you me. go. All right. Thank you, Betty. I know you wanted blood. Maybe I gave you a little bit there.